Hello and welcome back to A Pinch of Honesty. I'm currently sitting in a chair in my new spare room, actually at a desk. So I feel like I've made progress <laughs> for anybody out there wondering. Um, it is the last Friday of January. My brother's birthday is coming up. Um, wrapping up January to me feels like now we're really in the year, right? And often I have felt like the end of January is always like the time when I can go back to the gym, right? Because then all the people with resolutions are no longer at the gym. So I'll normally take like January off. Of course, I'm not going to the gym now because of COVID. Um, but January is always a very strange month for me. It's like the post-holidays, it doesn't feel real. The year doesn't really feel real. Um, we just had this massive full moon. Um, my husband and daughter have a tendency to sleepwalk during full moons and talk in their sleep during full moons, even with like blackout curtains. And so the full moons for us are normally, there's a lot of um, not restful nights, <laughs> let's just say. Um, and so I'm feeling a bit of anxiety towards moving into February. And the anxiety that I am feeling is because last year at this time, um, I was in the full swing of work. It was, life was looking really promising. I'd taken on our new project. Money for the new project was coming in. I had a fantastic team of people. Um, and I was, you know, just planning out like the entire year's worth of travel for work and all the tasking for work. And I was just, you know, gung-ho and, you know, February rolled around and I'm watching as things are, you know, really playing out in China and, you know, moving into other places in the world. So February to me, especially because of last year, um, was like the brakes all got put on all at once. And so what I'm realizing is that um, with, with this February, right, by the time we hit March, it's when they pulled the kids basically out of school and they started doing online learning. And so to me anyways, it feels like by the time you hit March, it's almost like um, we're just kind of right back to where we started. And so what I'm hoping is that I can make it through February without this this daunting feeling hanging over me. Now it doesn't help. It doesn't help at all. So, um, I do like cards. Um, and when I mentioned cards, you know, I told you I did a, a tarot reading for myself for the new year and I have the nightmare before Christmas tarot deck, which, um, I absolutely adore. And I feel like regardless of whether or not I want what it says, it says what I need. Um, and often it's kind of, I think quite subconscious so today, um, the card that I pulled, um, was from the needle set, which means nothing if you're, um, if you don't have the same deck, right? So don't worry that you don't know what the, what the needle is. And I'm, I'm opening it up to exactly, um, the card that I pulled. Um, and it's interesting, right? Because I didn't really realize that I was feeling this way about, um, February at all until probably about half an hour ago. This morning at 5 a.m. I pulled this card um, and it is a 10 of needles and it says it indicates something is coming to a painful end. Whether this refers to a friendship, a relationship, a project, or a job, you may be left with heavy emotions. Give yourself time to grieve, but trust 
that it's for the best. Fresh beginnings are ahead. And so it's just funny, right? Because um, I can I, I can see this, right? Like I, I can see how maybe there are some things that are coming to an end and I need to allow myself to grieve and I need to allow myself um, some time and patience and I do need to move on. So with that being said, um, it really made me think about a failed relationship with a friend um, and how absolutely passive aggressive I am about my feelings. So I have never to this point in time, broken up with a friend ever. Um, I've had a lot of very toxic people in my life where I just continue to pull back, pull back, pull back, pull back because they are toxic. Um, and I know they're toxic and I actually don't want to be friends with them. I really don't want to be friends with them. And I basically will pull back or I will do things to sabotage the relationship so that I can get out of it. And, um, it's not a very mature way to behave, especially not for a mid 40 something year old woman. Um, but it has been my, my mode, um, my entire life. Right. And it's really hard to break bad habits, right? It's hard to break any habit, whether it's good or bad, right? It's just hard. And so it made me realize that, you know, I really am at a point in my life where I only want the people in my life that I want in my life. And I don't want the other people, right? Like I just, I really don't. And so, um, I've begun some lists, right. And, and I'm going to be trimming the fat and I'm going to be honest. And I think that is, um, it's really hard for me, right? Like, it's just, it's really hard. I've only ever broken up with like relationship relationships to people. And one of them tried to commit suicide afterwards. And so it felt very much like that was on me, even though now looking back at it, it had nothing to do with me. Right. Um, you know, that, that's all on somebody else. But at the time you feel like it's, it's your fault. And for sure, after that, that was the last person that I ever broke up with. Um, you know, I've never broken up with a friend ever, right? Like I've never just said, I don't want to be friends with you anymore. And I've even had people realize that I'm pulling back so hard. They can tell that I don't want to be friends with them. And they've asked me questions like, are you mad? Is there something wrong? you know, those types of things, which seem like they should be perfectly sane doors to be open for me to say, look, like I don't want to be friends anymore. Um, but I never have. And so currently, you know, I'm kind of making lists and that sounds like Santa Claus making some lists and checking it twice. Um, but I'm going to trim the fat. I I'm at an age where, you know, I want to keep the people I want to keep and I don't want to keep the people who I don't want to keep. Um, and so the card this morning was bizarre, right? Because when I got it, I was like, what? Um, it also made me realize that when I get emails from people and I'm already emotionally invested. So say for example, um, my daughter's occupational therapist or um, somebody from the school or my boss or somebody who I have like a tough relationship with at work, right? Like I get an email from them that says, um, we need to chat. I took my, my deep voice for this, right? We need to chat. And then they call, um, a, that there's just a lot of grief until I hear from them, like a lot of internal turmoil and B, I always, always, always expect the worst. Um, you know, I, I figure like in my mind, right? Like you prepare for the worst. And then if, if that doesn't happen, that's fine. Right. So I got this note from my daughter's occupational therapist that was like, we need to talk. Um, 
And, you know, instantly I'm like, oh, she doesn't want to work with my kid anymore. Oh, like there's something super wrong. Or, oh, you know, it's like your mind goes down this entire rabbit hole. Here's all the crap that's going to be laid out in front of me. And in the end, she called because she had a couple suggestions for me, right? Like that was it, right? Like the we need to talk was she literally wanted to speak to me. So um, before getting on today, I got a message from my boss that was like, we need to talk. Um, and I could feel myself doing the, oh, freaking, you got to be kidding me, right? Like, um, and then I had to remind myself, right? Like it's somebody I haven't talked to in probably a year, right? Because of COVID. Um, I definitely haven't seen in person in a year because of COVID. And he is probably genuinely interested in what it is that I'm working on because it impacts a lot of stuff. And so, you know, taking that instant approach that like, A, he's going to pull me off of the project. B, he's going to fire me. Like C, he's pissed at me. Right? Like, all those things are totally irrational, right? Um, he genuinely probably wants to speak to me, right? Like genuinely. Um, and whether or not he's happy with me or sad with me or pissed at me or whatever, right? Um, again, that doesn't actually matter, right? Like um, I'm doing my job. I'm doing a good job. Um, <laughs> but, you know, those things are just so ingrained in you, right? So um, it's, I keep reiterating to myself, say what you mean and mean what you say, right? So for me anyways, it that is, you know, kind of this mantra, this internal mantra of A, listen to myself and B, you know, if I really don't want to be friends with you, um, I need to say that, right? Like that shouldn't be left up to you to try to figure out from my, from my weird passive aggressive um, interactions with you. So anyways, um, <laughs> those were two just, you know, um, another thing that I realized last week was I didn't get enough of my meditations in and here's why. Are you ready? Because I'm so stinking anal with myself that if I'm not up at the butt crack of dawn doing my yoga workout and my neck and back massage workout and then taking my time to do some personal growth, you know, so I, I'm, you know, reading up on some things that I'm interested in um, and then, you know, sitting to meditate for 15 minutes. If it is not part of that regimented system, in my mind, it's not worth doing. And what I found was that last week, you know, I kind of was, you know, it was like, I was in these funks. I was in these ruts. I was having a hard time. I was having a hard, you know, it's just, it was tough for me, right? Like it, it just genuinely felt off. Like the week just felt off. Um, and I didn't get my meditations in because <laughs> things were not perfect. And I had to come back and remind myself, right? Like my room isn't set up and that's fine right? Life is busy and that is fine, right? Like I'm not always going to have the time, the space, the location to do what is necessary. And if I don't make the time for myself and just say, look, like you have 10 minutes, take your 10 minutes, right? You know what? Go into the bathroom, close the door, take 10 minutes, right? Like it doesn't have to be in my yoga room with my yoga mat and with, you know, it doesn't have to be those things, right? But I've set that expectation in my mind. Um, and it, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy, right? Again, that, that deep seated, uh, neurosis of perfectionism, um, that serves no one. It serves no one. And I think people would say, you know, when you, when you mention that you're a perfectionist to folks, I think they often think that that means that you're fantastic, right? Like obviously, right. You're perfectionist, you're fantastic. And they don't understand that what that means is that when things are not perfect for you, they eat at you, right? Like it is, 
the perfectionism is your downfall um, because you can't just let crap be. You can't. Um, and it weighs on you and weighs on you and weighs on you until you either do something about it or guess what? You do something about it. And to the point of your own, your own suffering. <laughs> so perfectionism is not something to ever strive for. I'm, I'm telling you now, be imperfect and love it. Um, because when you strive for those things, it's, it's rough. So, um, I, I, I have a friend who is successful at everything, absolutely everything, everything goes her way. Um, everything. And in general, I would say in general, in her life, um, she struggled once or twice, once or twice, you know? And I look at her and first of all, I'm jealous. I'm super jealous. And I don't want to admit I'm jealous because jealousy is like, you know, like I'm so far beyond that, but let's be honest. I'm jealous. Um, because career wise, you know, any, anything she does, it's like, you know, she can even make massive mistakes and everything goes her way. Everything goes her way. Um, and so even though like, there'll be like, you know, these little tiny blips of, of hardship, everything always goes her way. And the jealousy, you know, gets to a point where, um, I don't really want to talk or see this person, right? Because it's like, everything always goes your way, right? Like you, you don't understand what it's like to kind of be a normal human. You don't understand what it's like to have kind of the normal ups and downs of life. Um, and so I read this thing and it really, I went, ah, <laughs> so I'm going to share it with you. So without struggle, success has no value. All right. So think about it. Um, I struggle, right? I struggle at work. I struggle with home. I struggle. I struggle with my relationships. I struggle, you know, with my spouse. I struggle with my kid. Things do not go my way, right? I struggle. I genuinely struggle. And I try to share those struggles here, right? Um, but they mean something, right? Like when I have a good week, it is a fucking good week, right? When I have a bad week, it's a bad week. But the thing that I realized was that the successes matter that much more to me, right? Like I hold them dear because I know what it's like to fail. And I realized that this person has no idea. And so the once or twice when things haven't gone their way, um, it's almost like she just push will push through with the success and not even, not even learn from what it was. Right. So the failure or the, or the struggle, um, never really, never really hits home. Right. And so the success, when I look at it, then the success actually means so much less. Right. And if you are succeeding all the time, um, how do you actually, how do you actually take that for the value that it is, you know? Um, and so anyways, it makes, it makes the struggles feel like, um, I'm going to get, I'm, I will get, um, the satisfaction of a success at some point. Right. And putting my expectations out there, right. Like, oh, that success is going to happen tomorrow, um, is unrealistic and totally asinine. <laughs> um, 
but realizing that life does have, you know, kind of these cyclic nature to it. And it's one of those things where I'd never really realized like raising a child is like that, right? So you'll figure out something that works and that changes and you figure out something that works and it changes and you figure out, you know, and you'll have like a good week and a bad week and a good week and a bad week. And you're like, why the heck am I oscillating like this? And it is truly the, the, this is life, right? Like this is just how it goes. And if what you're expecting is this constant upward trajectory of just success, success, success of everything going your way. Um, I think that a, it means less and B when a lick comes, you don't actually understand it for what it is, right? Like you can't actually learn from it. And so, you know, I'm trying to take away from this friend, not to be jealous uh, that everything always goes her way. Um, and instead to realize that um, I value my successes a hell of a lot more than she does. And they mean something to me. And I think they actually mean absolutely nothing to her. Um, I think that there are just kind of like stepping stones, right? And it's like, eh, one more success, eh, one more success, eh, one more success, right? Like I never fail at anything. Um, whereas we mere mortals um, do totally fail. If you've asked yourself recently, how often do I cry on this podcast? Uh, you would be surprised to know that uh, for me anyways, sharing my guts to strangers and people I know on a regular basis causes nothing but emotional um, upbringing. So I would say probably three quarters of them. You will hear me. <laughs> um, I've got my box of tissues. <laughs> um, so, you know, admitting that you're jealous about somebody, think about it. When's the last time you actually admitted that, right? Like, I thinking back, I can't even, I cannot even remember in like high school or junior element, any time ever admitting I was jealous. Right. And I'm jealous often, right? Like I am genuinely jealous. Um, I think it's understanding where that jealousy comes from and understanding what I can do about it in my own life. Right. What, what is it that I'm really truly jealous of? Right. So if I see a picture of somebody in there, and they're sitting with their sand, you know, the, their feet in the sand. And I go, ooh, jealous. Am I jealous of the person or am I jealous of the fact that they're actually taking a vacation? And if it's because they're actually taking a vacation, you know what? Get off your butt, Christina, and book a damn vacation, which is what I do, right? So I think understanding where that jealousy is from, right? And uh, seeing somebody who happens to have luck on their side all the time, um, having nothing but success, um, you know, understanding where that jealousy comes from and understanding that, you know, they don't see struggle the same way I see struggle and they don't, and they don't get, they don't get the reward of the struggle that I get. Right. They, they just don't get it. Um, there was a yoga teacher, uh, who I've taken a number of classes from who I also follow online. And, um, you know, she was in the like top 100 most influential, uh, fitness people in America a few years back. And she had posted that, for the first time in a super long time, you know, she was working on a project. She got the answer. No, right. Like for the past, you know, 15, 20 years, it's been yes, 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 yes. Right. Like you're this influential person. And all of a sudden she got the answer. No. And it, you know, it, it hit her, right. Because it's like, holy crap. Like I just got a no, like I never get a no. I only ever get yeses. Um, and I think those humbling moments are absolutely necessary for success, right? And I think that um, from that, at least, you know, for her, right? And, and she is one of those people who like I've looked at and it's like success, 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 success. Um, it's like, wow, you know, for to have somebody say no to you and for you to actually recognize 
that that is a, a good learning experience on your own growth path. Um, it's just, is just like, you know, you are a true, you know, yoga teacher and I, you know, really do appreciate you, uh, you bringing it up to show. So anyways, those are my personal ramblings for today. Um, I did have somebody ask me, you know, what is happening with Rex and our choose your own adventure. And I forgot at the last podcast where we covered the choose your own adventure, what the, what was most voted on. So what was going to be the path of that adventure? And so it was actually the first thing I read, which was Ryan says, okay, okay, you should go. Right. So Ryan being Rex's best friend, who's telling him he should go to new Atlanta, um, take a vacation and actually look for, uh, the Kate Daniels character. And so I figured I will, um, go through and read you the next mission. So mission three, and um, hopefully I'll actually remember to read you besides the options that you have, actually, uh, what was selected at the time back in 2015. So here we go. Ryan says, okay, okay, you should go. Just as Bethany slinks over towards them. Goodness, she's on fire tonight. Ryan can't keep his eyes off her. And Rex isn't doing much better. Isn't that the point of coming to a place like this? Rex asks as he slams his beer and motions to the bartender for another. Bethany drops her ass low to the bar top and shakes it violently. Do you think you have to learn a move like that? Rex asks Ryan over the trumpeting beat. Oh no, girls like that. Girls like this are born, not made. Bethany drops to her back and pushes herself closer to them. She moved with the music in a rhythmic pulsating manner that kept both men on the edge of their seats. The song stopped just as Bethany was in touching range. Not that you were allowed to touch the girls. And she bounced off the bar top and swayed to the back room. Fuck. I'll be right back. Ryan jumped up and headed for the men's room. A quick self-pleasuring later and Ryan was back in his seat. So when do you head to New Atlanta? Ryan slugged back his drink and faced Rex. Rex hummed and hawed and didn't want to answer Ryan. He had thought he would head to New Atlanta by himself, not with Ryan. Look, dude, you need a co-pilot or wingman. So when should we go? Rex took a slow pull off his beer, trying to let the pregnant silence falter his friend. Ryan, however, knew Rex's games. In a flash, Rex had his phone out of his pocket. Boom, just booked us two tickets on the next train to New Atlanta. Leaving in 45, buddy. Rex relaxed just a bit into his chair. He liked Ryan and hated Ryan for his, for this explicit reason. He took control of situations and got in the middle of Rex's plans. A few, let's see where am I? A few dances later and two full beers. The guys hit the train station, no baggage and no idea what they were getting into as the train pulled out of the station. All right. So here are three options here. Ryan asks Rex if he's ever masturbated to Bethany. <laughs> Seems like a no-brainer. Rex has the distinct feeling his life will never be the same. And Rex notices someone familiar enter the train car. All right. So A, what would you guys vote on? And B, the results were Rex. Ryan asks Rex if he's ever masturbated to Bethany. <laughs> Which is just funny. Because, um, I mean, that's like a... We, you know the adventure is going that direction. <laughs> All right, so I'm hoping that you are having a Friday to end out your January. I hope that the um, loomingness of February and then into March isn't isn't weighing too heavy on you. 
Um, for anybody interested, my family's doing a lot better. My mom tested positive for COVID. She's, she's recovering. You know, my dad's recovered. My brother's recovered. Um, so I feel like, you know, we've, we've kind of, we're kind of coming out the other side. Um, we're still waiting to hear about vaccines and I don't know about vaccines yet. Um, and really, really, truly, um, I want to go on vacation and I'd like things to feel more normal. Um, and I'm not sure if I should be expecting that in six months or a year, right? Like, is it a whole nother year away? And, uh, that I think unknowing is again, you know, kind of weighing on me. And so I'm trying to take it day by day and I'm trying to be patient. Um, we did book a camping trip for, up in Colorado in, um, June for my, for my birthday in June. Um, and I'm really hoping that we can go right. Uh, if things look like they look right now, you know, we won't. Um, but I'm really hoping that we can. And so I am sending you all hugs and love. And I'm so grateful to have you with me on this rambling journey of uh, honesty from my day-to-day life. And uh, we'll see you on the flip side.